Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck, not stuck, too tall, Thompson. With me, as always, the one who knows just about everything there is to know, but it's clear it's not everything. Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston, who was on the air drums, which you could see live if you (laughs) were to tune into the podcast live and be part of our secret, secret group. Uh, so secret, I won't even tell you how to get there. No, we would never we'll mention that. Figure it out. It's not in the show notes, nothing like that. We had a great conversation yesterday after the show. We have a members voice chat thing where sometimes the members can get in there and talk to people. And yesterday we got in there and we, we had a good, I mean, we talked uh, for like over an hour yesterday. So it was, mm-hmm. a, it was a good chat. It's it was, part of a perk of being in the secret group. That's one of the perks every once in a while. We'll talk to you guys. That's one of the greatest perks there are. (laughs) For the Good Morning Liberty podcast, we talk life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. So you want to make sure you smash that subscribe button as hard as you possibly can or follow or whatever the button is. You know the thing. And if you don't want to subscribe, then we don't want you to listen. That's exactly it. That's our motto. One thing I wanted to say is... um, why we do this podcast. And we had some good conversations yesterday. And one thing I wanted to mention was we get into a lot of this is bad. This is stupid. Let's complain about a lot of these things. And we always try to present what the actual solutions would be to a lot of the problems. Hint, most of the time it's allowing the free market to work and not trying to control everything. And when we talk about all the societal, cultural issues uh, you know, it's it's also treating people as individuals. It's not putting people into a collective and lumping people into groups, things like that. And sometimes that can come across as insensitive. Sometimes we could say insensitive things. But I want everyone to know that it's always because we have the best intentions in mind. We truly believe that all of these ideas are the best way for the most amount of people to have the best lives possible. I believe that free market capitalism is the only moral system that there is that exists. And, and that's why we have to pursue that. And we're white, straight, arrogant, condescending asshole men. Yes. So. I think everyone knew that right <laughs> off the bat, though. So, I don't think we had to tell anyone about I, that. Well, I just wanted to come clean. Yeah. I, now I feel better now. Privileged, too. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. Yeah. I just want to make sure that's thrown in there. Overly privileged. Privileged. We had a lot in, of advantages in life. We believe in individual responsibility. It's, mm. it's insanity. Tyrannical ideas. Yes. Like... Right. Like, like leaving people alone. Yeah. Tyrannical ideas like treating everyone as individuals and not assigning some type of attribute or some type of opinion to them solely based on their sex or the color of their skin mm-hmm. or whatever uh, groups they might fit into. Just, I mean, some of the most oppressive ideas that you could ever have. This is what you're going to hear yeah. on this here podcast <laughs> for sure. So I'm, I'm clearly joking. Yeah. But, but I, I do want to quickly mention... I, you know, we, we kind of talked about this in the after show yesterday, and I don't want to go into the whole thing. We, we might have to if it becomes big enough news. But if, in case you guys haven't heard this Rachel Hollis thing that's going on, essentially she's getting in some hot water. She's being canceled, by the way. I don't even know who it is. She's a self-help female entrepreneur, a boss girl, if you will. You see these boss girls popping up uh, who uh, preaches a message of self-responsibility, taking ownership and saying uh, she came from a pretty poor family and is pretty successful now. She wrote a book 
the the most famous one I think was Girl Wash Your Face. That's why you haven't read it, because obviously yeah. you're a privileged white straight male. And I didn't feel like that book really applied to me. So, yeah. To tell you the truth. Yeah. Um, but anyway, and she's being canceled now because I guess she did, a, from what I understand, she did a live. There were, she had a housekeeper, and then people were like, oh, you're so privileged. You have a housekeeper. Ha ha. She's rich, by the way. <laughs> and she was like, oh, she only cleans my toilets. And so now they're like, oh, so you're degrading your housekeeper now. She only cleaned your toilets. Whatever. Anyway. I want to get. In, I wanted to talk a little bit about this just because uh, I saw someone share a story, and um, this is from on Instagram, the anti anti racism daily. <laughs> so, yeah, and and what they posted this was a couple days ago uh, yesterday. They were unpacking white feminism. White white feminism. feminism. Okay, yeah, so that's your anti racism racism daily, and you can read the whole thing. But I'm just going to focus on one of these posts. They did one of those scrolling posts. It's like mm-hmm. a whole thing. Um, and what I wanted to focus on were two things. Um, but this says, overlooking the barriers that women of color face, movements like these, movements like Rachel's, that the self-improvement, the uh, I believe in you, you can do it, take some responsibility. You are where you are in life in large part due to the decisions that you've made. It's not anyone else's fault, but your own. The same message we preach, by the way. (laughs) Okay. Now that doesn't mean that there aren't outside forces. It doesn't mean that your, you know, your mom didn't die of cancer and your brothers, um, you know, what in the hospital and, and whatever your sisters got COVID and you know, you, uh, broke both of your bones, whatever in college. Yeah, you broke both of your. Both, you don't have any bones left bones that, that are that have. are unbroken. Exactly. Yeah. like there there are lots of tragedies in life. Like, uh, if if anything, a, a truth is life is suffering. I mean, we know that um, you're born into suffrage. That's just the way it goes. Now, do some people have more advantages than others? Yeah, that's absolutely true. But the the idea behind self improvement, let's say, or personal responsibility, uh, is really a it's an encouraging message that that you have the capability. I believe that you are able to become successful and achieve anything you want in life. And in large part, most people don't become successful because they're not willing to do the work. They're, they procrastinate. They're lazy. They're not willing to improve their skills. They're not willing to educate themselves. They're not. Most people, I find it highly interesting that a lot of people, I, I see it on TikTok and Instagram, it's like, oh, well, you're telling all your business secrets. And it's like, the, the, only, the reason why people can do that, the reason why we do that even, it's like, because most people aren't going to do it. Most people, when you, at, at nighttime, when you have the decision to, uh, you know, create another uh, file export like I do, or, or do some website work like Nate does, or look at uh, what the markets are going to look like or anything like that, most people won't do something to improve themselves. They'll turn on Netflix. How do I know that? How do we know that? That's because Netflix uh, makes a lot of money. And the only reason <laughs> they make a lot of money is people, people watch a lot of Netflix. Yeah. Okay. So most people are willing to do other things and not, not to help themselves. But getting back to this, it says overlooking the barriers that women of color face movements like these movements, like Rachel's movements, like ours, ba- ba- basically perpetrate the narrative that it's the fault of the woman of color that they can't live up to opportunities. It eschews, or that word means abades, or or um, disregards, ignores, ignores collective accountability 
for individual responsibility, only adding to the burden that women of color face. Collective accountability for individual responsibility. And individual responsibility, by the way, said it adds to the burden that not only women face, but women of color especially. And so two things here. For obviously, we have the, the collective accountability and individual responsibility. And when you were talking about how, you, you know, you started off the show by like, yeah, we may complain a lot and we talk about how this is wrong or that's wrong. And the reason why we're so hard on the left, especially, is because this is where this garbage comes from. The fact that we should keep people uh, and victimize them and try to find the most victimized person we possibly can and tell them that they can't do it. They can't get ahead. It's not their fault. They should stay a victim. And that the, the fault lies at the collective accountability. It's not your responsibility. You can sit there and watch Netflix and not do a damn thing all day. It's someone else's fault. And the left largely, largely talks about that as how everyone else's fault. And, and so now we should, we're shifting the blame again. But now the second thing I want to say is not only this whole intersectionality, this whole idea that now the feminist movement can't even be one unit. Like it can't even be one feminist movement. It has to be now white women versus women of color because the white feminists are actually doing damage it, to women of color. Yes. And it never, by talking never about how end. individual responsibility and then it, the women of color are going to be victimizing the the disabled women of color here pretty soon. <laughs> the trans women of color. The trans women of color. Yeah, yeah. That's what's going to happen. Because now, oh, this you're just perpetrating the the women of color feminist movement and forgetting about the trans women of color. It just it's <laughs> it's absolutely absurd and I can't believe. I was telling Nate before the show, I think people are too smart for their own good. I really do. Like they're so intelligent that they're stupid. That happens. That happens a lot. I mean, Thomas Sowell's talked about that a lot. He he's always talked about intellectuals being the only. You know, this is so this is so terrible that only an intellectual would wouldn't be able to see it. And uh, I mean, he that was a paraphrase quote. That's not exactly what he said. But yeah, I mean that that happens a lot. I think what happens a lot when you are really smart is you decide that you know everything and anything that you feel must be correct because you're so smart and you know that you're smart. Mm -hmm. And so when you go down that road of, well, I think this, or I think this, it must be correct. I should never question anything because I just thought this and I'm mm -hmm. brilliant. And so it must be correct. And I've seen a lot of people go down that road and they're good people. Okay. And I love it. And you, and you go in and you, you read the comments and people are just like eating it up. Like, you know, Oh my God, thank you for this. And, and yeah, you know, white women are the problem and all, it's like what we what you guys are all women i don't understand you got to fractionate the groups properly I know, charles i know <laughs> so anyway when you when you said the reason why we're so hard on the left and i know i mean we have some people that came from the left who are now libertarians that listen to the show but i think a lot of people um you know nate and i came from a conservative uh, style you could say uh, republican uh, and we're more obviously libertarian now and we're all about the liberty movement and we can see issues on both sides between republicans and democrats but we give the left a lot of, of hard time is because they're the ones that are saying garbage like this that are moving to this collective accountability versus individual responsibility and that's the real war by the way the war is between 
collective accountability and individual responsibility. And we have to make sure that our message uh, is, is going in the direction of helping people understand why individual responsibility should be our highest aim uh, and, and not collective because, because that actually, that's what actually matters because just like Dr. Martin Luther King said, or what, what you said, Nate, is that we have to judge people, individuals. We have to judge individuals by the content of their character, who they are. We can't group associate crimes to people. We can't group associate white women or keeping women of color down, or they're not, they're not, uh, you know, thinking about or uh, giving credence to the fact that women of color have a much harder time than white women do, even though white women have a hard time, not as hard as women of color in the feminist movement. And it's just, which I mean, it could, this could be a self-destructing prophecy. They're already tearing each other apart. Well, that is what I've heard a lot of people say when we talk about how there's no hope for the future or this, this is going down this road. And uh, the only one of the good uplifting things I've heard about the, how big this ideology is becoming is the fact that this ideology will destroy itself. It really has no other, no other way to progress than eventually destroying itself because it's got to fractionate itself all the way down to the most victimized person being the only person who isn't victimized. And you know, the, the overall picture here is why we talk about the things that we talk about is because if you, if you play this out, and you keep going down this road, what is the end result? And like what we've talked about, the end result won't be that we have to uh, prioritize women of color, We have that they're victims, because then it's not just the women of color, it's the trans women of color, it's any kind of LGBTQ plus women of, women of color. Uh, and then it's further than that, maybe some of them had cancer or maybe some of them had parents and some of them didn't. And if you play this out, then it, it just ends up destroying itself. So the only thing I can come up with that would actually solve a lot of these societal cultural problems is treating people like individuals and not trying to lump people into groups and judging people based on the content of their character and not any other group attribute that they might have. Uh, that's the only thing I can come up with that would actually solve the problem. If you want to actually solve racism, the, the way to solve racism is for more people to believe in individualism and to not group anyone into different groups based on any of those attributes. Mm -hmm. That's the only way to fix it. It, that that's it There's and no like other i way. said it's an encouraging message because then now we're shifting the blame from someone else to ourselves that's what personal responsibility means and what that does is that gives you the power you if it's someone else's fault then you are powerless there's nothing you can do about it if you if it's your fault now you have the power now you can do something about it now you're in control and then it's also encouraging because what we talk about all the time, especially where Nate and I, came, where we came from is it's possible. Like even with all of the terrible things, it would be much easier, by the way, there'd be less barriers if we had a free market. Yeah. So many more, less barriers, but even with everything that we have, that's holding us back mainly from mainly from the government, actually not other individuals. It's mainly the government. And I use these words carefully, by the way, when I say mostly and mainly, I don't, I'm not saying all, but mostly it's an encouraging message because we believe in you. Like we believe that you are capable and you can do it. 
And, and that's that's there's no better message than that. One in thing, my opinion, one thing that Joe said was, uh, but they they argue that your race and sex, sexual preference are your most important character traits, and that's just unfortunately. I mean, that is true. A lot of people do that, but that's where that's that's where racism and sexism comes from. The people who are racist and sexist also believe that your race and your and your sex are your most important character traits. Right. Like that's where so it comes it's counterintuitive. from. Counterintuitive. It is. It's, it doesn't make any sense. And eventually, once we once we fix that problem, it'll have to fractionate down. The only reason we're not going down to the women of color who have cancer and their parents were gone and they grew up in this part of the country is because we're working on this level of the victim hierarchy right now once they solve that then we'll go all the way down to to the next level and then people inside of the women of color group will become oppressors over different people uh, that are women of color plus all of these other things and it eventually becomes this huge tyrannical i mean i don't we talk about this every day this stuff has been played out humans have been around for a long time and these ideas have been played out a lot already and i i really think I don't think that history repeats itself exactly. Do I think we're going to go back to gulags or do I think we're going to have a Holocaust in the U.S. or anything? No, not really. I don't think it's going to happen. But we do have to realize that human beings really just, I believe we have the same mindset and the same tendencies to do the same thing over and over again. And and I, I just think that we have to pay attention to that. So that's individualism is the only answer I see for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Um, so, so the, the first story here, that's good. That's a good talk on that. Hey, I that's like all it. I got to say about that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to cut in here and tell you about our sponsor, BetterHelp. You've heard us talk about them before. It's Charlie's favorite app, BetterHelp. You can go to BetterHelp.com or you can download the app. BetterHelp is this great app that pairs you with a licensed therapist. So it's therapy over your phone. All right. If you are having... A tough time getting by right now. Maybe you're dealing with anxiety. Maybe you're just not as happy as you think you should be. Maybe you're not finding the meaning in life. You know, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. Maybe you're not finding that meaning in your life that you think that you should be. If you're dealing with anxiety, with depression, with relationship problems, BetterHelp has got a licensed therapist for you. It's super simple. You just go to the website, betterhelp.com slash GML, and that's going to give you 10% off your first month, by the way. So you go to betterhelp.com slash GML, you make an account, they ask you some questions about yourself, some preferential questions, and they're going to pair you with a therapist that they think will work best for you. If you don't want that therapist, that's fine. You just pick another one, okay? It's safe, it's secure, it's a way to actually talk to a therapist without having to go into the office much cheaper than going into the office, by the way. Listen. Taking care of your brain, of your mental health, is super important. I don't know if you know this, but your brain controls everything that you do. Okay, so maybe it would help you to be talking to someone about it. You can message through the app. You can do video call. You can do voice calls. All kinds of stuff with the BetterHelp app. So go get that app. Make sure you sign up through betterhelp.com GML to get that 10% off your first month. You tell them we said, hey. The first story in the stack today comes from 
Mr. Brad Palumbo over at fee.org. We're going to have him on the show, actually, today. We moved it to next week, uh, so I wanted to go ahead and do the story today because I'm sure there'll be something else that we need to talk about next week for sure. But, you know, we always talk about free market capitalism. We've talked a lot about Amazon. I think that Amazon has done amazing things for the economy, for sure. I think it's helped a lot of small businesses that wouldn't have had a great website to sell things on. I think that overall the economy is better when something like Amazon exists. But it doesn't mean that as libertarians and free market capitalists, we have to support all the ideas that that people working within this form of capitalism that we have right now, that any ideas that they have, we still can come out and be against that. And we don't have to believe that those are always good people or that they're always people who have individualism and free markets and individual rights in mind when they're doing the things that they have. They might have made it to the top in a capitalist system, but it doesn't mean that they actually believe in free markets whatsoever. They're actually really good at just using the system that exists. And so it's important to realize that. And while we could argue that I don't think Amazon's taxes need to go up, it'll also be interesting to read about Amazon saying that they think their taxes should go up from fee.org right here. Jeff Bezos. Just like all the millionaires, the millionaires club who offer, who endorse higher taxes. Because they don't pay the corporate taxes. No. Of course, Warren Buffett wants the individual tax rate to go up. He doesn't pay it. All of his taxes are in capital gains. It doesn't matter. So it's easy to sound like you're an altruistic, virtuous person that wants to help all the people in the country and that's while the thing. arguing it's, a tax that you don't pay yourself in the first place. It's all it's all PR. It is. Yeah, it is. So Jeff Bezos just endorsed corporate tax hikes. Here's why Amazon support should be a giant red flag from Brad Palumbo. Uh, check out his podcast. I'll put a link in there again today. Breaking Boundaries. Brad Palumbo. The Biden administration. <clears throat> and some of their Democratic allies in Congress want to raise the corporate tax rate to 28%. They say this would help the working class and hurt big business, finally making corporations pay their fair share. But if that were true, giant corporations like Amazon wouldn't be endorsing the change. People on the left, if someone on the left accidentally has listened this far into the podcast, what I want to ask you is, why do you and Amazon have the same feelings on a policy proposal right now. Maybe ask yourself that. That's supposed to hurt companies like it's, Amazon. Yeah, to make companies pay. Why would it be that Amazon would support the same idea that you say is a good idea? Just like uh, Magoo, right? Zuckerberg begging the government to regulate Facebook, literally running ads, Super Bowl ads about the government needing to regulate social media. Mm-hmm. Why would it be that they would argue for those things? Do you think it's because they're... They're taking their chips down. They're done. They admit that they've made too much money. They've become way too big and they've now seen the light of the, the, the communist manifesto. And they now believe that corporations have to pay their fair share or that Facebook has become too powerful. And so they want the government to break it. No, that's not what's happening at all. And it's, it's insane that people don't see it. This is as much there's of, a, this is evidence that what the government does helps big businesses that hurts small businesses. This is as much evidence as you need. I saw a video on TikTok where someone was asking Zuckerberg <laughs> if they're, if billionaires should exist. Yeah. And his answer was, well, I don't think anybody can actually earn a billion dollars and you know, nobody should really have a billion dollars, but you know, I just don't think that we're going to solve that problem essentially. Yeah. I mean, he, he so he like agrees with them. Like no one should then give it up. 
Mark. <laughs> he thinks he should have a billion dollars. Turnover. But your, not those bad people. Turn turn over your shares to someone else if you don't think you should have it. I, I'll fill out an application for it. To to take your to take his money? To take his shares. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Oh, maybe we should. If he get doesn't think that. you should have a billion dollars. So here's what uh here's what Jeff Bezos had to say. We support the Biden administration's focus on making bold investments in American infrastructure. I bet a company that does carry things all around the country would love <laughs> for other people to invest in America's infrastructure. Mm. Both Democrats and Republicans have supported infrastructure in the past, and it's the right time to work together to make this happen. We recognize this investment will require concessions from all sides, both on the specifics of what's included as well as how it gets paid for. And he says, we are supportive of the rise in the corporate tax rate. We look forward to Congress and the administration coming together to find the right balanced solution that maintains or enhances U.S. competitiveness. And how much corporate tax has Amazon paid? <clears throat> since this is yeah, but and, and that's fine. I'm glad they haven't right. paid the taxes too. that they haven't paid. But getting to, to wave your virtue flag out there saying that I just love the corporate tax rate should go up when you haven't paid any federal corporate taxes is, is laughable. It is. Amazon has also lobbied aggressively for other big government policies like a $15 federal minimum wage after they raised their minimum wage to $15. Mm -hmm. they, took away stock options. Yeah. At first glance, this might seem like an endorsement of the policies. See, they wouldn't be so bad for businesses after all. Yet it's actually a giant red flag. When, businesses, when business comes together to collude with big government, it usually means everyday people are about to get ripped off. When CEOs and politicians are able to agree on seemingly anti-business policies, it's often because they know the government roadblocks instituted will entrench, entrench their market dominance and ultimately redound to the C-suite's benefit. Amazon knows it can weather the storm. And, and so what he's going into here is Amazon, just like with the minimum wage hike that they're pushing for, and just like pushing for higher corporate taxes, Amazon knows that they can deal with it but who can't deal with it? He goes on to say many of its smaller competitors cannot. Meanwhile, Bezos also knows that his company can afford armies of tax experts, accountants, and lawyers to exploit every loophole to minimize the damage, a luxury many less dominant rivals won't have. And most importantly, a wealth of economic research shows that workers and consumers bear the majority of the cost of corporate taxes through lower wages and higher prices. You see, Corporations can be okay with corporate taxes, especially big corporations who aren't going away anytime soon. They can be okay with the corporate tax hikes because that doesn't really affect them because corporations don't pay taxes. The consumers pay taxes. Mm -hmm. That's who actually pays it because they, they bake that into the cost of their goods. All right. Uh, from Milton Friedman, he threw in a Milton Friedman quote in here. The elementary fact is that business does not and cannot pay taxes. Only people can pay taxes. Corporate officials may sign the check, but the money that they forward to the IRS comes from the corporation's employees, customers, or stockholders. More specifically, a study of the Tax Foundation found that Biden's proposed corporate tax hike would shrink the overall size of the economy, reduce wages, and eliminate 159,000 jobs. And so what we all need to realize here is that there's nothing altruistic about this at all that there isn't when you're someone who doesn't pay taxes and when you're a business who can actually stand up to these taxes and you know that there are a lot of rivals that wouldn't be able to of course you can come out here 
and wave your virtue signal around. And you have to in today's climate, right? Mm. Not, not the actual climate, but in today's culture, the left controls everything. And so you have to come out there and say, oh, we support the leftist policies. Of course, we have to. We're against the rightist policies that are out there. We support the left ones because the left is in control of everything. So it's like you're recording a video and you're talking about how great your captors are. And of course, they're off camera with a gun pointed at your head. And you're talking about how just wonderful everyone's treating you. And I just support this cause 100%. Please don't kill me. You know, that's mm-hmm. you're reading off a piece of paper that they gave you to, re- to read off of. That's what we're seeing from corporations now. The government has so much control that the corporations have to get in line with it. They have to get in bed with the government, sometimes literally, because if they don't, it's going to be really bad for them. And not only that, but the government makes it so convoluted and everything. Like if, it, if this was really just a, a true tax to hurt big business, let's say, to hurt them or make big business pay their fair share. It would just the like the the law would need to be two or three sentences. Like if you yeah. have if you have over 500 employees and you uh you know, you net more than this amount of money, whatever it is, a billion dollars, um and then you pay an extra 10%. Like that's it. And then that's there's a thousand pages of how to get out of doing that. But but there, that's what I'm saying there shouldn't <laughs> yeah. be. Yeah. If you're going to do Now, I don't agree with taxation. I'm just I'm saying if that's the way it was supposed to you know if that's what the true the true element of it was but it's so it's just crazy to me how people especially on the left can argue that so that they hate corporations so much yet they enact policies that destroy mom and pop shops yeah consistently i I just for the life of me can't fathom it even my my own brother i talked to him he's like yeah i hate the government i just hate corporations more but i'll support raising the corporate income tax, which is going to hurt Cindy Lou and Lisa Kerrigan and their Sally Sue cut my hair shop, whatever their names are. I don't know. I don't know know where he gets his haircuts. Honestly, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I want to go there or not. That wasn't a great endorsement. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They got bowl cuts on specials. (laughs) I got to get my, my haircut today, by the way. My sides are starting to poof out too much. I'm sure you do. Mm, mm. Okay, anyway, that's that's that story. Thanks, Brad. This one coming from uh, Sportico. There's just one I pulled. So, it's, it's everywhere. This is nice. The U.S. is considering China Winter Olympics boycott, the State Department says. The United States is considering a boycott of the 2022 Winter Olympics in uh, Beijing, according to the U.S. State Department. In the Biden administration's most direct comments yet connecting human rights abuses in China to the upcoming Beijing Games, State Department spokesman Ned Price told reporters Tuesday that a boycott is something that we are certainly that we certainly wish to discuss. Uh, Quote, we have consistently said when it comes to our concerns with the government in Beijing, including Beijing's egregious human rights violations, violations, its conduct of genocide in the case of Jing Jing what the United States does is meaningful what the United States does will have impact but everything that we do that brings along our allies and partners will have all the more influence with Beijing so that is why the Department of State as part of our thinking on Beijing Olympics is engaging with partners with allies to coordinate closely on decisions and approaches to the government in Beijing so. I, I thought this was interesting. I actually, I think it's an actual good idea. Like I, 
I, I don't think that they'll actually do it. I don't really see them going through with this because China would be really mad. Um, but I am, I'm so surprised that they actually even discussed the fact that they're thinking about it because that draws tons of attention to it. I don't, I don't even, they don't even have to go through with doing it. They are drawing a ton of attention just in saying that they're considering boycotting it. Uh, that I think the the government has not, the U.S. government has not put a lot of attention on this. I know Trump did and at the end of the administration. I know that the um, the State Department was out there saying that China was committing genocide, um, things like that. But I'm just really surprised by this, and I actually think that they should boycott it, in my opinion. I don't know what you guys think, uh, but I don't well, know. Let's go over the allegations against China. Several countries, including the U.S., Canada, and the Netherlands, have accused China of committing genocide, defined by international convention as the intent to destroy, in whole or in part, a national, uh, ethnical, racial, or religious group. The follows reports that as well as interning Uyghurs, uh, Uyghurs, Uyghurs in camps, <laughs> China has been forcibly mass sterilizing Uyghur women to suppress the population and separating Uyghur children from their families. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken has said China is committing genocide and crimes against humanity. Uyghurs. Uh, Uyghurs. Sorry. Sorry. Uyghurs. Put, U- a, put a Galdern W at the beginning of that thing, China. The UK foreign uh, secretary uh, said that the treatment of Uyghurs amounts to appalling violations of the most basic human rights. The UN said um, that the Chinese were holding up to a million people in counter extremism. Uh, extremism centers in Xinjiang. They're in, they like, they call them re-education camps. Mm. That's, that's what they, that's what they actually are. That's the popular term for yeah. the, for the commies out there. Leaked documents known as China cables made clear that the camps were intended to be run as high security prisons with strict discipline and punishments. People have managed to escape the camps have reported physical, mental, and sexual torture. Women have spoken of mass rape and sexual abuse in December 2020, research seen by the BBC showed up to a half a million people were being forced to pick cotton. There's evidence new factories have been built within the grounds of the re-education camps. Yeah. So history does repeat itself. <clears throat> or in the case of China, it just keeps going. Yeah, it's, yeah. it hasn't stopped. Yeah, they're just, I don't even know if they had to build new camps. You know, I, th- you I think they did. There's been a people lot of on the left that. being like, well, China can do it. <laughs> you know, look. China's a communist country that's going to be rich as the United States one day, man. China could do it. Is this really the country you want to model? Yeah, I know. They, they talk about that with economics all the time. They're like, oh, look at all the success China's had over the last several yeah. years. Once they murdered those uh, despite 60 their, million people. Despite their prison <laughs> camps, China has a great model. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> despite their massive genocide, <laughs> China's just what we should what we should emulate. You want the communism, somehow the goal is always to achieve communism without the camps, and it just never happens Somehow that camps way. always come with They're communism. Just, it always has to include yeah. camps. Yeah. And not the good kind of camps. Uh-uh. No. These bad. aren't summer camps. No. You're not swimming with your friends, shooting 22. They probably don't even shoot 22s anymore at camp. <laughs> I'm uh, sure I doubt it. <laughs> used to. Used to. I was a 22 shooting champ. So um, I went to a nice camp, by the way, where when you laid down to shoot your 22, it was actually a mattress. I bet you did go to a nice camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one thing just in our last few minutes here, here's an, uh, here's an example of the way that the media likes to talk about things. And this is one of the reasons that we started bringing in news stories in the first place is because it drives me insane 
when I see the way that they do this. And this is how you slowly indoctrinate and manipulate people over time. Just with little bitty things like this. Little, little bitty things like this. From ABC News. Sorry, I just saw Joe's comment. He said, camps that help you focus or concentrate. <laughs> Concentration yes. camps. Yeah, they're for concentrating. <laughs> That's what they were always for. What's wrong with that? That was good. That was real good. Nearly half of the new U.S. virus infections are in just five states. Now, what five states could they possibly be in? Nearly half the new COVID infections, coronavirus infections nationwide are in just five states, a situation that is putting pressure on the federal government to consider changing how it distributes vaccines by sending more doses to hotspots. New York, Michigan, Florida, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey together reported 44% of the nation's new COVID-19 infections. COVID-19 is the disease that follows being infected. Anyway, the spike in cases has been, let's, let's talk about why it's happening in these different states, because they would like to tell everyone why these different states are having problems with their COVID numbers. The spike has been especially pronounced in Michigan, where the seven-day average of the daily new infections reached 6,700 cases Sunday, more than double what it was two weeks ago. Only New York reported higher case numbers, and California and Texas, which have vastly larger populations than Michigan, are reporting less than half its number of daily infections. In New York City, vaccination appointments are still challenging to get. Mayor, the, the commie mayor, Bill de Blasio, has publicly harangued the federal government about the need for bigger vaccine allotment. In New Jersey... Well, this, where the seven-day rolling average of daily new infections has risen over the past two weeks, from 4,000 to 4,250. Uh, they said they're constantly talking to the White House about demand for the coronavirus vaccine, though he stopped short of saying that he was lobbying for more vaccines because of the state's high infection rate. New virus variants are clearly one of the drivers in the increase. In Florida, relaxed safeguards during a busy spring break season likely help spread virus variants said U university of south florida epidemiologist the state's seven-day average new infections exceeded 5400 and increased to 20 percent the past two weeks and so wow i was just reading this i wanted to know what states were going up and you know what they were saying it was and it was exactly what i was looking for in the article which is well you know in michigan we don't really know what's going on and in New York, well, it's because they don't have the proper amount of vaccines. In New Jersey, same thing. We don't have the proper amount of vaccines. Florida, relax safeguards during yes. a busy spring break season. Help spread virus variants. Yeah, they canceled masks, <laughs> opened the beaches up. That's, the, yeah, now it's running rampants. Running rampants. So that's the, that's the thing that everyone has to watch out for. That's one of the reasons that we read through some news from more lefty organizations sometimes is because that's the those are the little things that you have to watch out for the most people who just don't pay attention to things like this they just think that they're reading the news you know they're like oh i read some news today let me check that off mm -hmm. the list i got better i've made myself one percent better today because i read the news and what they don't realize is that there's little things like that where they're like oh here's what's going on here's what's going on in florida they relax their restrictions that's why they have more cases that's not why new york and new jersey and michigan and pennsylvania has more cases that's not why michigan it's not that's not mentioned whatsoever what their restrictions are what their mask mandates yeah. are or their dining restrictions are but florida we know for sure why they've got more cases yeah it's funny that <laughs> florida even though they're relaxed they their increase was about the same yeah as everyone else's increase with all the social distancing and everything. Yeah. It's almost like you can't stop a tiny little microscopic thing from floating around. 
imagine regardless that. of what you do. Imagine that. Yeah. It's almost like the just overall government rules and regulations don't do exactly what they're intended to do all the time. And which is insane. The fact that New York is so upset that the government can't help the government. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know. And by the way, we're still reading the story about cases and not deaths. And the actual deaths are what we should talk about because whether or not people are dying from the disease is the actual thing. Does that, that matter? Really matter. Yeah. I, I think that's what I, I would be worried about. Mm. Yeah. That's, that does seem to be what I'd be worried about. Some people, maybe not. Who knows? Maybe not. Anyway, guys, uh, Charlie's going to take I'm us good, out because he's got a. You're I'm good. good. Yeah. What? It moved. moved what? To uh, I got 16 minutes now. Well, in that case, before you go on to the next one, we talked about the China boycott. Oh, you want me to talk about for the uh, Olympics? I was just going to throw this in. I want you to do the Texas thing at the end. Okay, here we go. Um, this, well, I was just going to throw this in real quick okay. while I'm talking, and you can finish it out. Okay. This from so, the hill boycotts. <laughs> just going to keep going. I, I did say that I do think that we should just stay out of the China Olympics because I don't think that the U.S. should go to China and act like that it's okay, everything that they're doing. I, I think that that's a terrible place to have the Winter Olympics. But I'm generally, I think boycotts are normally pretty, pretty stupid, in my opinion. And in this case, I'll disagree with Senator Rand Paul. Ooh. Because Senator Rand Paul is calling for Republicans to boycott Coca-Cola. Uh, he says he's calling Republicans to boycott Coca-Cola after the company started, stated its disapproval for a new voting law. We state our disapproval. And that's what they said. <laughs> he said, if they want to boycott us, why don't we boycott them? Paul said during the appearance of Fox News on Tuesday, this is the only thing that will teach them a lesson. If Coca-Cola wants to only operate in Democrat states and have only Democrats drink them, God love them. We'll see how well they do when half the country quits drinking Coca-Cola. All right. Mm. Now I'm going to try to not allow my biases to to form my opinion on this. Hold on. I'm going to try to not allow my biases to form my opinions on this, but the reason uh, woke zero. The reason I picked this out was because boycotts don't work. Like people need to realize that when you boycott something, you actually just end up drumming up a bunch of support from people who it never cared in the first place what they were eating or drinking or what places they were giving their money to, you're actually drumming up tons of support. Look at what happened to, say, uh, Chick-fil-A. You guys remember that whole boycott of Chick-fil-A that went so well that now I can't even go down the damn road where there's Chick-fil-A because there's people backed up? It wasn't like people that. People backing them up? It wasn't, and there's people backing <laughs> them up. It wasn't like that before the boycotts uh -uh. of Chick-fil-A. It was just a restaurant that you could go to get that had weird-ass signs I mean, they with were, cows on them. They were growing pretty pretty yeah. well, but then they exploded. Yeah, they, the boycott exploded the number exploded one fast food them. change now. They, they are. Chain. Uh, as far as number one growth, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then, yeah, their numbers are good. I wish they were a publicly traded company. But the boycotts don't actually work. Because you end up getting a lot of people who wouldn't have cared less to support them. Like Nike. How's the Republican boycott of Nike because Colin Kaepernick and whatever? How's that going for Nike? You guys think? You guys think they lost a ton of money from that? Did they actually care? The thing is, the left controls the culture. So they don't care whether or not Republicans like them or don't like them. Or are you talking about the whole Nike... Um the, the devil shoes or no whatever. i'm talking about way before that with the whole colin kaepernick thing and but all have that. you seen the devil? i've seen that i I'm, you know what's hilarious about that <laughs> can i tell you yeah the same company 
made holy water Nikes, by the way. <laughs> they put nice. like water in the soles and like had an angel on them or something or whatever. Same exact company. Yeah. And uh, they didn't get sued for that, by the way. <laughs> so they made uh, they made uh, Satan shoes and they made uh, they made holy water shoes. I just think it's funny. And so and they sold them for like two thousand dollars a piece. What I would say is a so a, what Maurice is saying there, like a boycott on a smaller level, I think could work. Uh, but this I just someone needs to present me with evidence of the right boycotting a company because they did something woke. And then the company changing its ways after that, or the company losing a bunch of money mm-hmm. or something like that. I don't have any evidence of that happening because, I mean, they clearly don't care. They're out there talking about leftist agendas and woke agendas all the time. Like they clearly don't care whether or not they make people on the right mad about anything. It does, they, they've done the math on it and they've looked how to boycotts go against companies and they know that it doesn't matter whether or not they come out and talk. In fact, it's better for them if they do only align with left agendas, because then the left is going to be really strong with them, I guess, even though they're a big, a major corporation who does a lot of things that the left wouldn't agree with. But they know that it would be better for them to do that. All I'm saying is I haven't seen people decide that they're going to boycott a massive company like this and it end up being really bad for the company. Or Joe said the NFL took a hit. Or the or the actual company itself changing its ways. And so I don't know if the I don't know if the NFL took a took a big hit. I don't know if that was an organized. It's also boycott, hard to I tell guess. too because of, I know they of did the take pandemic. ratings. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. Because yeah. ratings for everything was uh, were down last year. So, so the I, NFL teams lost almost four billion in revenue due to the pandemic. Yeah. I know the um, ratings were down for, for all the games and everything like that. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't think it's a good idea. I think we can look at what happened with Chick-fil-A you think and a lot player, of other companies. Do you think and, the players lost some money? No. That's, isn't, no. That, isn't that interesting? It's, I, These I, evil, greedy NFL owners, <laughs> they lost about $4 billion. It says it's estimated that uh, revenues were down by at least $100 million for each of the 32 teams the league missed out on three to four billion while playing during the pandemic. Yeah, so they still played. The players still got paid, and who lost? Yeah, the owners. Weird. I don't know. That I I I don't think we'll be hearing a lot of calls for people to negotiate their salaries down when if the NFL is losing a lot of money. So hey, I'm not saying that you shouldn't boycott anything. I'm not saying that you shouldn't send your dollars where you think your dollars should go. What I'm saying is I haven't really seen it, in my opinion, as a very viable strategy. And what I actually see is a lot of times it has repercussions that are the absolute opposite of what you thought you were going to do. And and so I don't know. When was the Kaepernick thing? mm, 2017, I think 2017 Kaepernick thing. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it didn't grow as much, but it doesn't matter. So like going back. You know, from 2001, anyway. In 2001, the NFL made 4.28. If we go back to 2015, they made 12.16 billion, then 13.16 billion in 2016. 2017, they made 13.68 billion. 2018, 14.48. And in 2019, 15.26. Yeah. As this keeps going up. Yeah. So they didn't really lose. I mean, maybe they, I'm sure they lost some. 
that they were going to make, but it doesn't. It's not like they actually went down. Yeah, you didn't hurt the NFL. Now, I'm not saying, like you said, I'm not saying you can't, or that if you don't. That's the beauty of the free market, yeah. baby. I got you, baby. <laughs> you don't want to watch the NFL? Don't watch it. <laughs> I didn't. Okay. I'm speaking, by the way, from the standpoint of someone who watched maybe 30 minutes of the NFL last year. Yeah, me I'm too. not counting the Super Bowl. I, I did watch the Super Bowl, but I didn't watch NFL games last year. And honestly, it's because I didn't want to be preached to by a bunch of millionaires about, uh, you know, any type of... And you didn't want to be depressed. Because and I didn't want to be depressed because why would you watch Cowboys games in the first yeah. place? There's no reason to do that. So, but, but, but you know, that's what I'm saying is the free market. If you want to boycott it, boycott it. I remember growing up, my mom, sorry, mom, I'm going to out you here on this show. <laughs> my mom wanted us to uh, boycott uh, Procter and Gamble mm. because I don't remember what it was. They supported something that she didn't like. Um, and I was, uh, we were sitting there going through everything. Do you realize Procter and Gamble is one of the largest distributors of like literally every product? Oh, yeah, they're massive. The yeah, they own like Crest. My dad used to work for Procter and Gamble. <laughs> like, so we went through a period where we didn't brush our teeth, we didn't eat potato chips. <laughs> I'm kidding. We didn't brush our teeth. We it ended up that boycott didn't go very well because yeah. brushing we, your teeth is just this crazy idea that Procter and Gamble came exactly. up with. Exactly, that's really all it is. It didn't go yeah. well because Procter and Gamble owns like everything. Yeah, pretty much. No, they do. Yeah, <laughs> like everything in your house came from Procter and Gamble. Mm -hmm. By the way, don't know who those people are. But um, anyway, we talked uh, we talked way too long about that. There's just meant to be a random passing news story. My main idea on that is I've heard a lot of people on the right say that boycotts don't work. It actually just ends up helping the company that you're boycotting. And I think statistically that ends up being true. And I just think that um, I think that maybe Republicans need to cool it a bit on this, because what I see happening is more basically people will look at this as, well, see, we should ignore Republican boycotts. So we should ignore boycotts from the right. And it never, and it doesn't work. And I just don't feel like this is the one. I to wouldn't jump say on. that it doesn't work. Be I would say that it matters what it is. So for instance, the, you know, major league baseball or Coca-Cola just saying they disapprove of a voting law. Yeah. You know, is not, but like Facebook actually suppressing people speech and getting rid of somebody like Trump, who has a massive social media following and has a, you know, a cult following, whatever. I mean, the parlor numbers were insane. People were downloading parlor at a massive rate, but then they didn't really care because they knew that Amazon was going to shut parlor down. So that's and, why they don't that's why they didn't really care and everybody's still using Facebook because there are no other options. And that's the and that's the interesting also another interesting part is you tend to boycott things that it would just be really easy for you to boycott because you could just switch to an alternative and then you don't boycott things when it's some type of amenity that you don't want to go without like your Facebook account. Like we could all argue that boycotts are a great idea to get your point across, but most of us here have Facebook accounts still, and we disagree strongly with uh, with all the things that they're doing. I'm still going to use my Amazon account today, mm -hmm. even though they're lobbying for more corporate taxes. And so, actually, boycotts end the pro up being outweighs the con. It ends up being very shallow and only targeted towards things that you just have another easy alternative. I don't know what happens when Pepsi says that they don't agree with the law either. You know, then you'll have to see if RC Cola has gotten any new flavors out or something like that. Yeah. I'm not sure. 
uh, everyone's going to have to get one of those soda stream things in their house. I and guess start but, making your own. Start making your own soda. Well, some... and you have to get enough people to <laughs> you have to get enough people to to actually care and follow through. Yeah, you know, which which is hard nowadays. What I'm saying is, it just ends up being things that are easy to boycott. And like I said, maybe I have biases because I'm going to drink this woke zero right now, and I'm going to love it. Okay. Anyway, Charlie, take us out because you have a phone call coming up. Oh, yeah, I do have to leave now. Yeah, we got to go. All right, before we go any further, I'm going to tell you guys about MasterMyStonks.com. Yes, Charles, Chuck, Stuck, Too Tall, Something, Thompson, and I run the Liberty Trading Academy. Been trading for several years now. We worked out all the kinks so you don't have to. All right, so if you're somewhat interested in getting involved in the stock market, then this is the place for you. You can simply type in mastermystonks, S-T-O-N-K-S, mastermystonks.com. You can use the promo code SAVE20 to save 20% off your first two months. That's 20% off your first two months. That is a crazy deal. We got over 300 videos on there. We start literally from vocabulary words, how to use a trading software, how to read charts, and then we go all the way up to the strategies that we trade on a daily basis. I go live every morning at 8 a.m. Central Time, 30 minutes before the market opens, and we talk about what's moving in the morning, what we're gonna be trading when the market opens. I stay live for my first bit of trading in the morning. I'll stay live until about 9.30 Central Time, my time, so you get an hour and a half of live trading from me starting at 8 a.m. Central Time, okay? So if you're interested, maybe you're not. Maybe this doesn't make any sense to you at all. Maybe you're tired of hearing about it. I don't know. But I happen to believe that one of the best solutions for taking care of all the stuff that we talk about on this podcast that can just be bringing you down all the time, I happen to believe that one of those things is actually taking care of your own personal financial situations. You don't have to be dependent on who's going to be in office at what time, pushing what policy. You guys know the thing, all right? So if you can actually learn a new skill that could pay your bills if you hit the right button on time, literally, that's what you got to do in trading. You have a strategy and you just have to hit a button. Make sure you're trading your strategy. Make sure that you're a disciplined human being for a couple hours every single day. Then you could actually start paying your bills like that. Now, that's obviously not a guarantee. That's all going to be dependent on you and whether or not you are managing your risk and whether or not you are being patient and whether or not you're trading your actual strategies that you've tested and that we've tested and that we've shown to everyone. So anyway, you go to matchmysongs.com. Use the promo code SAVE20. That's all one word, SAVE20. Just do it all in caps save two zero to get 20% off 20% off your first two months master my stocks you stay classy there's a link in the show notes by the way and I'm also going to go ahead and tell you guys about the patreon group that's patreon.com slash good morning liberty for as little as five dollars a month you can join in on the live crazy mess that we have going on during every show Everyone posting crazy gifts, and we're talking back and forth. Honestly, I wouldn't want to do the show without the live group that joins every day. It's hilarious. It's not very PC. I'll go ahead and warn you about that. So if you can handle that, then it's a good group for you. 
So we got the private ser server where we're all in there talking all the time. We got a memes channel. We're bouncing Liberty ideas back and forth. There's writers in there bouncing writing ideas. We got ideas for Dumb Bleep of the Week, which we do every Friday. So we got members throwing in ideas for Dumb Bleep of the Week. And you get the vote on what the Dumb Bleep of the Week is on Fridays, which is our most popular episode. So if you are interested in actually putting your money where your keyboard is, your keyboard warrioring money towards something that could change the tides of tyranny back towards the shores of liberty or something like that. I don't know. That sounded pretty good. I don't know. Then go to patreon.com slash good morning liberty. And there's other tier levels too. There's a lot of people that pay $15 a month and that money goes towards running advertising on whatever you want, by the way. And not to mention, you get a coffee mug along with your $15 subscription. You get a nice less government, more freedom coffee mug. When you sign up for that, it pays for itself, literally, okay? But all the money from Patreon goes back into advertising. So we'll ask you, what's something that you care about? Do you have a specific article that you want to push? Do you have a specific video you want to push? What is it? And when you say, here's this thing I want to push, then we're going to post it to our social media and we're going to throw your subscription level donation behind that push, that post every single month that you're signed up. Okay, so you are actually getting the word out there to people by signing up on patreon.com slash Liberty. So if you want to actually put your money where your mouth is, that is the place to do it. Go, I'll see you there. Or I'll see you on another time. All right. Back to the show. Y'all, if you enjoyed today's show, which I know you absolutely did because I am a condescending know-it-all, <laughs> so <laughs> please share it. I, just share it with someone, uh, anyone, one person. Pick one person that you know needs to hear all this Liberty goodness from these know-it-alls here at Good Morning Liberty, your favorite place to be. So send it over to them. Let them know what you're listening to and why you are as smart as you are because you're listening to the show. So send it to him, share it, and leave us that rating and review, uh, That's a big no on that one, Joe. I think that's clearly obvious. Uh, yeah. No, nobody knows more than you. Yeah. Except a few people. <laughs> but we won't mention those people on here. Share it with a friend, folks. Just do it. Leave us that rating and review on Apple Podcast or Stitcher or wherever you can leave a rating and review. Hell, we'll take them on Facebook. <laughs> If you want to leave us that and if you do all of that um we won't say any ads here this you know because this is live still for their secret group uh, people <laughs> that are listening to the podcast will hear some inserted ads now uh but if you uh do all of that we'll be back again tomorrow folks i hope you have a good day and a good morning liberty you know the rapidly rising uh, um uh, in with uh, with uh, I don't know uh, uh, 